Well, Merry Christmas. Um, I want to start by just saying that it is a real privilege to be here and um, I'm just so excited this morning because I get to speak about a topic that I'm perhaps most passionate about. And I hope this morning that I know my words will not do it justice. Um, And so would you pray with me as we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us to just see uh, the hope that we have in Jesus. Father, we, we come to you this Christmas morning and we've got so many reasons to celebrate. I just want to ask this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit would speak this morning and just turn our eyes towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start by telling a story. Uh, When I was 16, I went on my first mission trip. And our task on this mission trip was to go to an orphanage in Egypt. And our, our task there was to renovate their kitchen. So before we went, we learned how to tile, we learned how to uh, make concrete, we learned how to make grout, and we were ready to go. When we got there, the first thing we realized was how big this kitchen was. It was a giant kitchen with multiple rooms off different angles, which is fine, we were ready for it. And our first job when we got there was, there were all of these tiles around every wall, and all these tiles on the floor, and our job was to get rid of all the tiles. So we were given a chisel and a hammer, and we went one tile at a time, taking those tiles down. What an effort. A few days in, phew, we finally finished that. Now onto the good stuff. Oh, actually not. Turns out behind the tiles, from the floor to the ceiling, there was concrete. And behind the concrete were these brick walls. So our job was actually, we had to get rid of the concrete so that the brick walls were exposed. (laughs) What did we have? A chisel and a hammer. (laughs) So there were 30 of us there, chisel, hammer, eight hours a day for three weeks, hammering (laughs) that chisel, trying to get rid of this concrete. And it took us our whole trip just to get rid of that concrete. So we never got to the fun part, did we? (laughs) But there was one thing, one thought in my mind that kept me going. There was nothing more painful than this experience of eight hours a day chiseling this concrete off this wall. One thought kept coming into my, one, one positive thought kept coming into my mind. This beautiful four letter word, home. I knew it was coming. I knew that the hammering and the chiseling would not be forever, that there was home that was coming where I would be without any struggles anymore, where there was no hammers and no chisels, a place that was full of food and a couch where I could rest my weary head. And there was the people in my house. And this was the place for which I was homesick. I didn't want to be there hammering and chiseling for eight hours every day, but home was coming. And that's what kept me going. That's what kept me waking up every day to know, you know what, this is going to end. I will be returning home soon. A place called home. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about home, but our eternal home. 
And I can think of nothing better to focus on today, on this Christmas morning, than to focus on the baby who was born to bring us home. The baby who was born to bring us home. To focus on the story of salvation, the good news that God would make a way for us to be able to come home. As we sing about his birth and as we reflect on the Christmas story, may our eyes be drawn not just to the baby who was born, but to the purpose of his birth, to the purpose of his death and to the purpose of his resurrection, that we, as undeserving as we are, have an eternal home in heaven. A place where all our desires are satisfied, where all our hardships are forgotten, and where we are embraced by a father who has been waiting for us to come home. This is the completion and the fulfillment of the reason for the season. There's many passages in the Bible that speak about uh, this place, our eternal home or, or heaven or the kingdom of God, the place where Jesus rules and where sin does not exist. I'd like to read one of these passages where Jesus refers to this place as his father's home. Um, Jesus was talking with his disciples at this time, and he was explaining to them that he was leaving. He knew he was going to be crucified soon. And this kind of rattled his disciples. And so Jesus comforted them with these words found in John 14, 1 to 4. Jesus says, don't let this rattle you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me, there is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. Jesus talks about his father's home. These are words that Jesus said to his disciples, but they are also words for us today. Jesus is preparing a spot for you. And there's plenty of room. And he's there waiting. But what's so special about this place? This morning, I just want to look at two things. Two things about this place. And then I just want to finish off with a story. Because I know we've all got Christmas to get to. The The first reason that this place is so special is that it is a place of restoration. If you've lived in this world at all, which I think you have, you might realize that our world is broken. We are broken. There's horrible sickness, there's horrible pain, horrible divisions in families, there's, there's sickness, there's death, there's political unrest, there's natural disasters, and there's grief and sadness and brokenness within ourselves. And there's just this sense that, that we were made for more than this, There's a sense that we are longing for something more. That we are longing for home. For that place where the struggle will be over, where our tears will be wiped away, where our joy will be made complete, where our hammering and chiseling experience will be over. A place where peace reigns and a place where we will be made whole. So this place, this Father's home gives us hope. A real hope that this world is not it. This world as it currently is, is not our home. And we're just passing through. And as a result, like on my mission trip, how I knew I had the hope that home was coming, 
we can hold on to the hope that home is coming. C.S. Lewis talked about this and he used the terminology spiritual homesickness. That longing to be home. And so while we deal with the brokenness of this world, home is coming. Paul tells us this in Philippians 3. He says, but our citizenship is in Australia. Oh, nope. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. God has had a plan from the start, the plan to bring us home, to restore all things to himself. And the central element in this plan is Jesus. He sent Jesus, and that's what Christmas is all about, the birth of Jesus. But what's so special about the birth of this baby? I know there's quite a few things special about the birth of this baby. But I want to suggest to you that it's so special because of the purpose behind his birth. He was born and died and rose so that we can be with him in our eternal home. And I believe Jesus is still alive today and he's calling us, inviting us to be able to call his father's home our home. And this is the great assurance that we can have, that if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that he rose from the dead, we can have the certainty and the confidence that we will be going home to be with him, where there'll be no more tears or pain, no more anxiety, no more sin, and no more death. <sighs> so our place is a home. Our, our home is a place a place where everything will be restored, including us. But that's not it. There's something more. Back in John, uh, you may remember the part where Jesus said, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. Or in another version, it says uh, that where I am, there you may be also. Our eternal home isn't just about a place, but most importantly, it is about a person. In my story about longing to come home from my hammering and chiseling, there were absolutely things I was looking forward to. I mentioned the carpet and the food, the ceasing of hard labor. And if I got home and I had these things, it would have been really nice. But there was something more I was longing for in my homecoming. It was the people in my home, my family, the people who I knew loved me and were I think, excited about my return. Often when we think about heaven, we can think of the place. We can think of the joy and the peace that we will have. And hallelujah for these things. But the main joy that we will have is being in the very physical presence of Jesus, our Lord. Have you, have you ever imagined that moment of meeting Jesus face to face? One moment here on this earth, next moment in his presence, face to face. Can you imagine? In a famous song by Mercy Me, the lyrics paint this picture for us. And it says this, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. 
I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever worship you. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you, be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And may this homecoming be our focus today on Christmas. This homecoming, this welcome home, when we will finally see Jesus face to face. So our home is a place. And more importantly, our home is a person. And home is coming. We don't know when. But in the time that we do have, my encouragement to you is that you live your life with a heart-headed home. Live your life with a heart-headed home. And to help explain what I mean by this, I've brought a book. Um, and Max Licardo shares this story in his book about this girl named Karenette. Um, and this will explain a little bit about what it means to live with a heart-headed home. This will take a few minutes, so join in um, and follow along this story. Karenette, that's her name. Karenette had a spark in her, a look, a bounce in her step, a light in her eyes. She's one of 57 children in the Haitian orphanage, all dark-skinned, bright-eyed and curly-haired. Each one is precious. But this seven-year-old stands out from the others, not as a result of special treatment. She eats the same rice and beans as the others. She plays on the same grassless playground. She sleeps beneath the same tin roof. Her routine is identical to the other children's. Yet, she's different. The reason? Ask her. Ask Karenette about the visitors who travelled from afar away just to see her. They were looking for a girl. A girl just like her. They knew her name. They knew her favourite song. They knew that she loves to read books and jump rope. And in a moment that changed her forever, they invited her to live with them. They're coming for me, she'll tell you. Ask to see the pictures of her soon-to-be home. She'll show them to you. Fail to ask, she'll show them to you anyway. Her adoptive parents brought her pictures, a teddy bear, granola bars and cookies. She shared the goodies with her friends and asked the director to guard her bear, but she kept the pictures. They remind her of the father who knows her. They remind her of the home that awaits her. The photographs convince her to believe the incredible. Somebody knows her name and has promised to take her home. As a result, Karenette is different. She still lives in the same orphanage. She still plays on the same playground, eats in the same cafeteria. But her world changed the day she learned that someone far away knows her name and is coming for her. Might you be willing to believe the same? Are you open to the idea of a father, a heavenly father who knows you and a soon-to-be home that awaits you? Just as Karenette had her photos, we have Jesus. Want to know how God feels about the sick? Look to Jesus. What angers God? Look at Jesus. Does he stand up for people? 
Find your answer in Jesus. The pictures inform Karen Nett's thoughts about her home to be. She's not home yet. Within a month, she will be, maybe two. She knows the day is coming. She knows the hour is imminent. Every opening of the gate makes her heart jump. Any day now, her father will appear. He's coming. He promised he'd be back. He, claimed, he came once to claim her. He'll be home again to carry her. Until then, until then, she lives with a heart-headed home. So here we are, caught between what is and what will be. No longer orphans, but not yet home. What do we do in the meantime? Look to Jesus. Ponder his life, consider his ways, meditate on his words. Jesus, just Jesus. Until her dad came to pick her up, Karenette lived with a heart-headed home. Until we reach our eternal home, may we live with a heart-headed home, walking and talking with Jesus until we see him face to face. We're about to share in a time of communion together. And as you take communion, if you'd like to do that, or as you just sit and reflect on life, on eternity, and on who this Jesus is who was born, I want to invite you to come to him. Wherever you're at, as we celebrate Christmas today and move into a new year, I invite you to come home to the one who was born to bring you home. Would you pray with me before we share in communion? Lord, we're just so excited. We're excited to come home. But in the meantime, help us to live with a heart-headed home. Help us to focus on you today and just experience that joy of knowing you. Um, help us to remember you. Help us to learn to love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>